hot take uh TikTok's gonna add stories. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, would you be surprised at all? <laughs> episode twenty-three. We are back, as always. Another episode. How you doing this week, Doc? I'm chilling. The world is burning, but you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. What are you saying? We're still out here. I'm doing all right. Reporting live from Ottawa, uh, the 613 Nation's capital. Um, you know, hometown hero over here. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, I feel like a lot of people are moving out of like bigger cities and then moving back in like with their parents or like, you know, back home to where they're from. So I'm kind of just taking it all in. If honestly, man, it feels like it's like a. Uh, like an extended Christmas break. Like I'm still working, but it, <laughs> it feels like I'm like on like holidays. This is the longest I've, I've spent at home. And you know what? I think maybe we can do a spinoff series of the Mad Mix of just documenting the chronicles of me living back at home. But that's for another uh, time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we, we'll, we'll <laughs> table that one. We'll <laughs> segment topic. No, I'm just kidding. Talking about today, we got a few really good ones. Uh, I got a bunch of excellent, excellent listener segment comments. There's so mm-hmm. many that are coming in. We have to limit them per episode. So if you don't hear your comment on this episode. It's going to be mad at us. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, and we really appreciate the amount of people who are submitting. This is great. This is exactly what we want. We want to hear from you. We're the bad makes the voice of youth marketers. We're still saying that. <laughs> yeah. uh, like four years ago, the slogan yeah. back in the day. Slogan. So, but, but we love the engagement. But let's get right into our first topic, Doc. Cool. So even before we get into like the first official topic, um, I was thinking we could just do some updates on... Uh, something we talked about a few weeks ago, which is the ocean spray guy. I don't know if that's what we're calling him or what that's he's going by. Dogface420, I think. is his, You got his it, Nathan. Handle. Yeah, <laughs> Dogface420. Uh, yeah, I was reading an article just about kind of like what he's been doing now. And I just thought it was cr- like I want to read off a few updates on the guy because I just think it's crazy the power of literally being an overnight celebrity and having your whole life changed because of a, a social media platform tiktok so this guy ocean spray guy uh he's bought a new house in la and a set of new teeth so he got his veneers uh he basically received like thousands in donations from fans so we don't know how much he's been paid by any brand per se but he's been able to um, get fans to help him put a down payment on a house and buy a new set of teeth he's getting married where he bought a ring that was 22k he launched his new merchandise line. So he has, I don't know if there's ocean spray on it or how he's kind of figured that out. And probably the more long-term one, he's signed with a production company. Um, so he's been in other commercials. So I saw him in one for like, a, what was it? A like a home security system with Snoop Dogg. And oh, he's sitting yeah. down, he's sitting down with the ocean spray in his hand, but it's funny because it's not an ocean spray ad. He had to cover like the logo with his fingers. It's uh-huh. like a slight thing that you probably wouldn't notice, but us coming from advertising, you realize that, okay, he's doing that intentionally. Yeah. You know? Ocean spray CEO is like, God damn it. Like, come on. Yeah, I can't do anything about it. You know? What do you mean, bro? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's such a great success story. You know what I mean? And For sure. you know, people think of success stories as like, this guy came from nothing and he worked his way to the top. And this, this guy is just an honest, you know, 
dare I say, regular, ordinary person, just like the rest of us. You know, yeah. he's a working class guy. He, you know, made this video with no intentions of blowing up at all. And now he is, you know, he's set up for the rest of his life. Like he's, I'm sure without even speaking to him or knowing him at all, I feel like he's a simple guy. Yeah, yeah, you get that vibe, right? The essence of what that video is where he's, you know, on his skateboard, his longboard, um, just drinking ocean spray out of the bottle, uh, you know, just listening to Fleetwood Mag. There's something that's just inherently blue collar about that and carefree about that. And I'm, I really hope that this guy, you know, he, he's definitely capitalizing off of the you know, success that he's gotten from that viral video. But it's really cool to see that he's sort of setting himself up. And this is probably, again, I don't know him, but this is probably like, you know, a dream come true for someone like this, who's, who's someone who never thought that they would be in this position before. And now he's able to live, you know, potentially his dreams. Um, yeah, it's like hard to even predict that, that like, okay, I'm going to drop this video and then it's going to reach this amount of fame and then I'm going to be in this position. It's like, you kind of just have to drop things organically and see what sticks, you know, yeah, like you can't I, predict this at all. Exactly. And I think it's just a, you know, it's a true testament to the power of social media. And it's so cliche even saying that like yeah, but, social media, but it's really like, this is not something that you'd be able to do 30 years ago or 40 years ago. You know what I mean? Without the, mm -hmm. without the help of the internet, there's no, even when we were just starting like early 2000s, mid 2000s, like there were viral videos, but there wasn't any like we're getting yeah. brand deals like crazy yeah. off of it. People and, you blew know. Up, but it's just like, OK, we don't know who the guy in the video is because this was just uploaded to E-bombs world by some random dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, no, there's no follow up with social media. You can directly trace who's posting it, how to get in contact with this person. It's it's really goes to show that social media has come such a long way um and and the internet in general has come such a long way in how we treat um viral videos like this because you won't be able to recreate something like that no matter how hard you try no you yeah. get millions of views on some of his other content that he puts out but this is just a, a success story that set him up for life and you know you, you have to you have to be happy for the guy yeah if you're listening for 20 guy, uh, come on the podcast. We'd love to have you. I'll pronounce your name, be, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be a huge flex if we got him on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, the dog face 420. If you're listening to this out here, please uh, consider coming to this top tier podcast. Uh, you could tell your story the way that you want and not through my voice, but through yours. But yeah, <laughs> super happy for that. Guy. It's an awesome story. Yeah. So anyway, just want to kind of go through that before we dive into the first kind of topic. Um, so let's just, you know, get into it. Last week, there's been a lot of kind of updates to different social media platforms that have gotten people angry, uh, fired, up. fired up. It always seems to happen. So the first thing that was kind of trending was Instagram. They moved, uh, they did a, they kind of reshuffled their app a little bit. So they're, they basically, like, the, like you, from a user experience standpoint? From a like, user experience standpoint. You know, we did a UX audit on that app and we determined, no, I'm kidding. Um, so they basically moved the add a new post and the notification buttons and icons to the top right. And they brought Marketplace and Reels as the main focus on the bottom. Um, and I guess to someone that doesn't go on Instagram much, you might be hearing this and saying, so what? 
Well, number one, those are the two most kind of used functions that you have on Instagram. So making a post and then looking at your notifications and for them to almost deprioritize that and put more prominence on a shopping tool and their reels feature that is new and seems underutilized is like they're kind of forcing that behavior on us as users. So that got people, you know, in an uproar for the most part. Well, it's just, it's just frustrating, right? Well, I'll, I'll, Kind of show you through two ways, two thoughts. Uh, sure. about. So one, I think it's a really smart move by a you know the the people over there at Facebook and Instagram, like to make this subtle change. And you know, remember, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the social dilemma and like the psychology and the addiction of social media and how that's yeah, sort yeah. Of, you know injected its way into our brains. Now I think it's a really it's a clever uh, little. I guess, piece of deception um, that's such a subtle change, but it makes a world of difference because they were probably like, listen, guys, we need more people to go on reels. TikTok is killing us. We don't, you know, we aren't getting the same type of response uh, through reels as we are on TikTok. For those who might not know, reels is basically just um, the TikTok 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 on Instagram type Mm -hmm. uh, content style, uh, let's say. So they're like, we need people to we need people to get to the marketplace, and we want people to use reels. What's the easiest way for us to do this other than just advertising it and having it in your face all the thing all the time? So they just they just moved it. They took advantage of our own like you know psychology and dare I say addiction on this yeah, yeah. small change by just flipping where those things are located in the app so that deep my default you know, hand movement is to go to that, my notification section. And that's now reels, which is crazy be, or uh, the marketplace. Sorry. So it gets me to go somewhere that that's different than what I'm so familiar with, with my you know own user interface, user experience kind of thing. Again, it's such a subtle change, but it makes a world of difference because they, with that little tweak, they probably increase the views on those specific or the visits to those pages on the app by millions of people but here's the thing like i have two thoughts on that the first is that you're basically hacking metrics in a way in an inauthentic way Mm -hmm. so for example like i every time i go on instagram i click marketplace because i think it's the notifications but like looking at that on the instagram kind of data perspective they could say sure this guy's clicking it every single time he must be interested in it but it's a bounce click like i click and then i click away right away like i'm not looking at the content So you're almost just hacking those metrics and saying that, oh, we're getting all these clicks. But if I'm representative of what other people are doing, those aren't those are vanity metrics. They're not real. The second opinion I have is that, you know, we're talking about the addiction and psychology and how they're kind of manipulating that in a sense, which I think is crazy considering this whole conversation about big tech um, taking advantage of us, social dilemma. You have Instagram coming out with features that is showing you how long you're on the platform appearing to be nice and helping you out and then they're using your psychology against you to promote shopping tools you know what i mean it's like what side are you as a company are you trying to do good for us or are you trying to push your own agenda yeah and i i think you nailed it there uh on that second point it's it only furthers the narrative that like these big tech companies like Facebook, Instagram are like the, the, they're just trying to take advantage of you. And it's such a bad look and it's such bad timing, especially with like the, uh, 
you know, the release of the social dilemma. And I'm not saying that like we didn't know about this stuff before because we definitely did. They just, the social, yeah. they just did it in a, like told that story in a way that sort of makes sense to the, you know, average person who's not necessarily involved in advertising or anything at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, that's the thing. It's like a reputation thing. People go, I got Instagram because well, one of my classmate, uh, Chantel. <laughs> was shout out Chantel. Yeah, shout out Chantel. Uh, she, got, she made me an Instagram uh, account when I was in college. But I used it to like look at pictures and look at content that my friends are posting, look at, you know, follow, you know, different trends and sports and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that I'm interested in. I yeah, didn't know yeah. because I wanted to, you know, be subject to advertising for a new marketplace feature that they're adding or to add reels. Like I don't even make TikToks, man. Like, you know, I don't, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. And I don't, so if I'm on this platform and I'm not doing it, then I'm not going to do it on Instagram either. But to your first point, it's kind of interesting because it reminds me of uh, the vanity metrics is such an interesting term that you use. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's tricking people and it's, it's fake numbers. It's, it's uh, an inflated stat let's say. And I think those, those kinds of stats are super important for, you know, brands to analyze and understand truly. Like it's not just a surface level, Hey, we increased the, the visitors on this page in the app by 500% this week. Look at what it yeah. we did. That's yeah. not good because unless people are actually using it, then it doesn't really, it doesn't translate. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like pop-ups back in the day on, on, you know, the uh, early internet. Yeah. You know, ad block. When you get a when you get a, a pop up or something, uh, or you're trying to navigate a page and something you know pops up and you accidentally click it because it's like designed to pop up as soon as you scroll over something else, you're immediately just gonna get frustrated and close it. This is like for me, this is like the 2020 version of that. You know, you know what you know what it's similar to uh, a forced view on YouTube, a forced yeah. ad view. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I used to work with brands that, and not calling anyone out, but I used to work with brands that would like highlight those numbers, and I just be in those rooms like they have no other option. Of course, it's a view; like they weren't able to skip it. Yeah, how can you? Why are you even counting it? It doesn't like doesn't well, mean anything. And that and that's exactly it, right? It's like what what benefit are you getting? Like you're basically forcing someone to watch your ad. Great, yeah. you want that to happen? There you go. Like maybe I'm just missing something. Media people <laughs> get at us. <laughs> me if I'm misunderstanding something. But to say like, oh, this got like a hundred percent view through completion rate or whatever it is, and it's a force view ad. Like, what what like, what benefit? Like yeah, it it did its job. Like good good for us. Like you know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't yeah. make sense. But back to back to Instagram Reels and that sort of shift in the user interface there it's it's taking advantage of you know our habits and i think regardless of what the outcome is regardless if they want to you know advertise a new feature or product and get people to try and use it this is just such a uh, a shitty way for lack of a better terms apologize for the swearing but it's just a bad way for people to to engage with your platform because you're tricking them you're tricking them into using something and nobody wants to feel tricked. And I no, get, yeah. it, I get that it's for, you know, business purposes. And, you know, even if, uh, 1% of the people who you're, you know, who are subject to this trickery, let's say, 
uh, are will end up actually buying something on the marketplace or using Instagram Reels, that's probably a win to them because they're just like, we know people aren't going to want to do this, but it's just such a shitty thing to do. It's like, man, like it's, it's not good for the image of social media and how we want to, how they want to perceive themselves, I would say. Yeah. The one kind of sliver of hope I would give Instagram is that sometimes something I need to realize is that I might not be representative of the uh, popular, the kind of popular opinion, even though, you know, the people I see on Twitter are complaining about it. That's like my echo chamber, right? Like these are people that are like-minded. So maybe that's why I'm seeing that. There might be a whole nother user base of Instagram that is actually using the shopping tools and they like that this is now prominent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe that was that's a possibility. I don't think that is the truth, but yeah, you know, I'm just giving them some yeah. little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty cynical when it comes to this kind of stuff because I work in the field. I know what kind of goes into these stats. I know how to sort of yeah, yeah. the numbers a little bit, and I might expose myself by saying that. Absolutely not. Uh, definitely not. But <laughs> I think that, like, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think at the end of the day, if you're tricking, if you have to trick people to use something, then like, it's it's probably not a good product, anyways. And fuck reels, by the way. Like, it's not a good oh, feature. Man. I, I, before we move on to our next topic, I'm just going to give a quick gripe on the Instagram reels. Go for it. Mark Zuckerberg or anybody who's in charge of this, you know, <laughs> reels here, and you're listening to this. Don't if it's on my explore page and I'm watching it on the explore and I click into it, it restarts the video. Like, man, I don't want to restart the I just want to expand it and see you know, continue the video where I'm at. That's a personal annoyance because then I have to go back to the spot in the video that I was watching. <laughs> Anyways, it's there's, there's a whole thing that they need to fix with that, but let, let's let's move on to the next topic because I'm just getting a little heated. So <laughs> I, I think that I think this kind of opens a, a discussion just in terms of, you know, like last week, also Twitter released their stories feature, which we mentioned when they were announcing it similar to LinkedIn. We now have LinkedIn stories, Twitter stories, Instagram stories, Snapchat stories, and Facebook <laughs> stories at this point. Right. But what I'm curious about is, you know, everyone was there was a big uproar last week about Instagram and Twitter um, having these new additions to social media that no one asked for, but then it kind of just dies out. So I'm curious, do you, we think, is this just like it happens every time there's a new feature? You know, we get mad, we voice why this is horrible, then we get used to it, and then we just kind of conform and move on. Mm-hmm. It's like, do we think there's any merit to kind of people even getting mad at this point? Like, should Instagram even listen to us if they know that we're just going to get mad and then move on to the next thing in a week? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a really good question. I think that they probably look at the the severity of the complaints and, you know, a lot of a lot of complaints like that are just in frustration about change. I, yeah, change. I don't know how to access my my habits are being broken and yeah. I don't know how to, you know, figure that out and I don't like change because it interrupts my normality of using X platform or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I right. think that's probably where a lot of the frustration comes from on the um, from the user side, and you know the people who are developing these new features and implementing them, and ultimately probably reviewing these comments too, are probably like we have to factor that into into you know 
how we're, you know, shaping the future of, you know, different features that we're going to produce. Right. Yeah. So I think that, I think that a lot of the complaints will just ultimately come down to people's like frustration with change, but it's, and it's not like if, if they probably review these types of things and review complaints or, you know, uh, users getting frustrated at their platform or where it's going, whatever. But like, unless it's like actually like completely screwing over the platform and people can't continue to use it. Yeah, unless their numbers are like severely dropping, then they're probably not going to really yeah. do much to change it. They're probably like, no, I'm good actually on that one. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I think I, I agree with you there where it's like they know that like even an example when Instagram changed their logo back five years ago or three years ago to the kind of the rainbow one we're used to now holy crap like everyone erupted they were just so mad about it and people are still mad to this day but they're still using it so i think instagram kind of has a way to evaluate that where it's like okay people might have discussions online um bashing this but are they still using it if they are cool they'll boil over let's just like let this uh let this pass um I do think a, a, a conversation I've been seeing is just this lack of like creativity with social media apps at this point. Yeah. Now, if you count all of them, they all have stories. Um, yeah. They all are adding kind of similar features. And it's just like every like, platform is the same. So it's like, who do you pick at this point? You know, like what I would have loved to see is that Twitter is like the last one to add it. So you know all the things that people might not like with stories from other platforms. Are you going to introduce that in two years? Like you should have done that to start with. I don't know what that looks like, but maybe you explore something other than 24 hours. Maybe you explore some different formats for stories. Like do something that isn't just like a copy and paste. Yeah. Facebook and Snapchat, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Cause I think that is you, if you have the benefit of learning how people use those different types of features, you also Switch have the benefit of understanding what they don't like about them either. And yeah. what, other people like dislike about them too so mm-hmm. yeah i i totally agree i think that it just makes sense for you to apply those same learnings if you have them um but yeah going back to your original point it's it's all the same at this point and to be honest i'm getting a little like tired of it like it's just <laughs> like no yeah. need for twitter is probably like well everyone else is doing story like even linkedin got stories man like we got literally get- before twitter yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's like, we got to get on that right now because we can't have LinkedIn beating us. You know what I mean? It's just those types of things where I'm like, that's why I, th- I find TikTok really interesting because it's like, it's again, it's still kind of like Vine, like whatever, like Vine's dead, but like it's like yeah. sort of evolution of that type of thing, but it's completely unique. It, it's not, it's not like that. Mind you, it's a content style app. Like it's not really meant for anything other than just straight up bite-sized content. Yeah, yeah. Which but, isn't new, but just the way they packaged it is kind of it, feels exactly. a bit newer. Yeah. It's different. It's a different experience and it's a different way to engage in content too. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Hot take. Uh, TikTok's going to add stories. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point. Would you be surprised at all? <laughs> I'd just be like, okay, well, whatever, man. It is what it is. It's kind of interesting. This is an anecdote here, but I don't even use, um, I don't use, uh, I don't follow anybody on TikTok. I just go on like the floor oh. page. Oh, you or the, have TikTok. Right, right. You have TikTok. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you, you know, feed or whatever. It just pumps out content that um, 
it thinks that I like and I just do that. I don't I don't really follow anybody other than like maybe four or five friends, but they don't really post content either. So it's been pretty good just analyzing what you would like for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I get some weird stuff for sure. <laughs> I get a lot of stuff where I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, this makes sense. And then I'm like, how did I get this served up to me? But they tossed it in as a feeler. They're like, let's just see, let's shake things up a bit, see if he likes this. One. <laughs> yeah, like, let's let's see if he likes this one. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I think the differentiation of different platforms like that is uh, will be crucial. I would say in the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so moving on, similar to social media, but. I want to talk about something that's kind of been pissing me off lately um, because I'm not one of the elites in the world, but let me expand. One day. Uh, (laughs) This whole kind of like invite only app strategy that I'm seeing quite a lot with newer apps in the last maybe year or so um, where there's just a scarcity of the product. So you're not able to, you can see that this product exists. You can see people talking about it, but you can't use it because you're not invited for whatever reason, you weren't invited, you're not important yet. And you just have to watch on the sidelines as like this party happens. Um, I got a couple examples. The first one is Welt Simple Cash. I've been a Welt Simple user for years. I'm pushing yeah. out all my friends and I didn't even get an invite for this. Essentially, it allows Canadians to basically transfer money very easily like Venmo. So mm-hmm. you don't have to go through the whole e-transfer process. Let me get your email and password. You just have a username and you can just send money over to people. So hmm. I saw this and I was like, cool, let me join. They're like, what's your invite code? I'm like, shit. <laughs> Which is just like, you know, I get the marketing behind it because like now I want to be there. But is it just unnecessarily exclusive, you know? Like, yeah. Do you I- really need to do that? Can you do another strategy where it's a bit more fair or am I just being mad because I'm not there? No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's annoying because it's like, it's a, it's a hype strategy, right? It's like, oh, we want, we want celebrities to to use this and then we'll do a phased approach where like maybe a celebrity gives a code to this person and then they distribute their codes to whatever. It's just like, it's a way for us to stay hooked and be like, oh, I can finally use this. That's great. But for something like that, like e-transfer, like isn't the premise of the entire app simplicity (laughs) Like isn't isn't, there, yeah. isn't the whole thing about like convenience and making it easy for you? Why do yeah. I have to jump through hoops to get this? Like that seems like so counterintuitive to what it's supposed to actually be, right? Yeah, I think for for situations like uh, the well simple cash, I think it's a great idea that like why wouldn't you want everybody to access that right now? Maybe there's a reason that I'm not understanding it. Maybe maybe there's thinking or maybe it needs to grow first. I'm not 100 percent sure how that works to be honest. Yeah, well, sometimes they'll say that, like, you know, the app isn't isn't ready. Uh, We want like a small beta group. But like, that's different. A beta group is different because you're not saying like invite someone else to use it, you know? Exactly. And it's just like, but if you're saying, oh, yeah, okay, you need a you need an invite code from LeBron James. Like, like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know what I mean? Like, I I think it's frustrating because I think for some apps, like, to play devil's advocate here, I think for some apps, it might make more sense. Like if there's like a, a dating app or something, I think I saw something about one of the right. yeah. apps or whatever using it and having it be like exclusive and like the perception of it being elite because most dating apps are pretty watered down at this point. And like, yeah. you know, there's no real like cool feature about any one of them really. It's all kind of blending together. Um, 
but for, to be honest, I haven't used a dating app in a minute, but um, when I did, it was kind of like, it, it just, you know, we're all the same for we're all part, really yeah. the same thing. So it's like for something like that, it's kind of like, a, oh, like I want to be in the cool club. Like uh, how many hot girls are going to be in this, like in this bracket or whatever like that? I don't know. It's a shallow way to look at it. But I think that it's I get the appeal for some things over the other. Well, simple. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And I guess this leads into the next kind of example where you can give me your opinion on if you think this one's valid or not. Um, it's a new social media app. Fairly new. It, it came out in March. It's called Clubhouse. Um, and it's basically a voice-based social media app where you can join these chat rooms put on by whoever to talk about whatever topics. So there's stuff related to finance, marketing, um, black empowerment. Like it's just the whole spectrum of different topics that you can join in. Mm. Um, and there's no like DMs or anything like that. It's all voice-based. Um, it started in March and then most of the users like, that were there in the beginning had like a proper following or their public figures, like different rappers or tech giants and stuff like that. Um, and what the CEOs actually mentioned is that it's not meant to be exclusive. We just aren't ready yet. However, mm. there's like an invite code. So everyone that joins only gets one invite and then you send that to one person and you can't invite anyone else. So mm. for a while I was seeing conversations on Twitter about clubhouse and it's like, it definitely builds up the brand because you're like, oh, what's this like club that I can't get into? You know, like, how do I get into it? And if you ever type it in online, like on Twitter, there's just so many people like begging for invites. They're just like, who has a clubhouse invite? You know, who has one? I just want to, I want to get let in and see what I'm missing, you know? So, <laughs> so I see that as like potentially a marketing strategy. But then when you talk to the CEOs, they mention that that's not part of their strategy. They're like, no, 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 we're just not ready yet. But it's like, uh, I don't know. I think you're kind of playing this up a bit. You know? Yeah, the hype is the hype is being built. And that's the whole purpose behind a lot of these things, too. But one of the things that I don't really understand about it is like what it's just like a, it's kind of like a chat room. But like there's different rooms and you can join different rooms based on what your topics are or preference. Yeah. Or like that's it. OK. And it's, it's just kind of weird because most people that I know like hate talking on the phone. <laughs> like they they and, don't yeah like, yeah they don't like speaking and like that's how we've developed this like texting culture and this dm culture i don't really understand how it's was is there video on it or is it just voice there's no video you can see people's avatars or whatever picture they want to include and then you can obviously click into their profile um but that's what's kind of holding me back like i love being a listener because it often feels like you're at a conference sometimes like if you're hearing mm -hmm. topics about marketing or design or whatever but, like, I don't know if I'd ever be the one, like, speaking, per se, you know, because yeah. I don't want to talk to people that I, I haven't met. I'd rather text, if anything, you know. Yeah. But there is an audience for it. There's definitely an audience. For sure. I that. think the, the angle on this would be pretty cool if, like, if you can sort of get, like, a firsthand, you know, experience with, like, a celebrity or a... That's um, what a lot of it is, yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Like it's not um, it's not the same features, but it kind of reminds me of like breaking down the uh, barriers between like high level people and just us plebs here on uh, on the on the ground. But you know you know that app um, Cameo where like you could pay like three hundred bucks or something and then have a celebrity wish you a happy birthday or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, and like it's not the same thing, but it's like it's breaking the barriers between celebrity and you know the the ordinary person. 
right? And mm-hmm. I think that's really appealing to me is to say like, oh, look, I was in the same, you know, uh, you know, conference call room as you know uh, LeBron James, not to use him as another example, or yeah, yeah, like. Like it was, it was kind of like similar type of thing as the Fortnite concert when, you know, I was standing beside Travis Scott's avatar that he was controlling kind of thing. You know what I mean? Even right, though right, right. it's still the experience of like, oh, cool. Like I, I have a one-to-one connection. I think that a lot of apps and, you know, tech companies are trying to use their platforms to be able to break down that barrier between the regular people and the celebrities. And I think this is a cool way to do something like this. And I think that there's probably a lot of appetite, not just with celebrities, but like with CEOs or, um, you know, experienced like professionals in an, in a certain industry, like you were saying, like, you know, a designer or something like that, or high profile designer, like it would yeah. just be cool to be like among them. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think that like even talking, like speaking is kind of like weird. Cause how many people are even in these rooms? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it definitely varies. Um, but what's what's interesting is that, you know, you're mentioning that there's kind of like an idea there. It might be, you know, something that can take off, but Twitter is actually jumping on creating a version of it. So they recently, they recently released this, like, image, basically copying the whole interface and saying this is something we're working on, like these rooms that you can, audio-only rooms. And that would just be, like... a a classic example of a giant company swallowing another one before they've had a chance to really grow. Mm. They're still in beta. Twitter can move faster than them. So it's like Twitter, where's your creativity? You're not, you're not doing anything at this point. Yeah. Everything is just like copy paste, you know? Well, yeah. And it's just, it's interesting because now that the more that I'm thinking about it, what's the difference between something like that? The only difference really for me would be between that and like an Instagram live or a Facebook live is just that it's chat based for, and it's led by one or two people as like the hosts and then everyone else can view and comment and stuff like that. But I guess the differentiating factor is just that it's um, only voice activated, right? Yeah, exactly. And you can see everyone's avatar. So it's like, you kind of, it's not video, but you, you can see everyone's avatar. So it kind of feels more like you're involved rather than, um instagram live where you make a comment and it goes away in one second anyhow yeah. so, oh, it's so interesting because like, i feel like they're just using the same types of like the the premise of the apps are and the you know the features are the exact same as they were like like these features are aren't anything really new to us it's just being served to us in a different way and marketed yeah they're just slightly remixed to to appear new right yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. So it goes back to this whole conversation that we're talking about innovation. Like, what's the next big app going to be? And like, how mm-hmm. different is it going to be than something we already kind of know about? Yeah, yeah. I want to see something new. Give me something where I'm like, oh, that's a cool ass idea. You know, like, yeah. why didn't I think of that? Is there, I haven't seen that in a while. Same here, because there, there's something really cool and like, you know, awesome about, you know, trying out something like a new feature and being amazed by it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember first getting Twitter and first getting Facebook and being like, whoa, like, this is crazy. What do I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, on this, like, this is nuts. Like, that yeah. is insane. You know what I mean? And I feel like in the last 15 years, we've kind of just, we've slowed down on the innovation front and we're sort of just packaging it up as something else. But it's really, you know, what is the long lasting innovative idea that's going to be in our marketplace in the next, you know, few years that's going to be there for the long run? Who knows? 
to whoever's listening to this, it's on you to solve that. I know, I know one of you can do it. So I'm empowering you. I believe in you. Just please come up. Just don't add stories to it, please. <laughs> Gmail story is coming to, coming to you. <laughs> uh, let's get into our listener segment here. We got a great couple comments. Um, you know, one of them is really, really relevant um right now uh this one comes from my good friend jess jess mckenzie um sure. and it's about um we we're actually talking about you know the some of the movies the raptors made um the last couple of days jess knows about this but uh this comment is all about the the second wave and and the lockdown and you know how will brands the question is how will brands try to innovate or change their messaging to align with lockdown too I think it's really interesting, a really interesting point because it's super relevant. It's, you know, it's happening right now, but I'll pose this question on you, Doc. How do you think brands are going to innovate and change to um, align their messaging to be different than, or will it be the same as it was um, earlier on in the year? Yeah. Um, obviously it depends what industry you're in. Um, like it, it's funny what what I've been seeing from like I have a couple of gym memberships right for two different gyms um, and it's just funny seeing not even funny but it's just interesting seeing how their messaging changes like day by day as they learn new more information so at first it's like okay we're welcoming you guys back in and here's what you have to do in order to to abide by the rules and then two days later it's like oh wait actually we can't let you guys back in there's only going to be uh, private training available so you're gonna have to sign up and, and do it that way yeah and two days later it's like no we learned more information you actually can't come in at all uh we're gonna do online classes and you can go through it that way and it's just yeah. like all that in the span of like a week and it's just con constant switching it's like that's crazy for a brand to you know have to kind of just navigate those waters in this new normal whatever we want to call it yeah um so yeah, I think it depends on the industry you're in. Like if you're able to, you know, open your doors of any sort. Um, what I've seen from like retailers is is them just communicating more the idea of like shopping online and buying gift cards to help us kind of make it through this this portion right now because mm -hmm. their stores aren't open, right? Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's I think it's you you made a good point there. The kind of the way that I see it is that I think. The, the overall premise, you know, I, I understand that it's an extremely tricky time to navigate, you know, all these different, you know, regulations, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. Yeah. Um, even from a restaurant standpoint, it's just like, damn, like this is, it's very, very tricky to navigate. But I think that's like where the, the theme that I'm picking up is that we're being super reactionary and we're not able to actually plan for the next couple of weeks. I think what would have been smart and the way that brands should have adapted to and maybe some are uh, probably a lot of brands are doing this already but like you know properly over the summer months probably um developing like a, a plan for something like this because we had the, we have the benefit of understanding what we went through in the first lockdown we know that a second wave is like inevitable we knew that the second wave was inevitable so how are we going to plan for this you know based on what we know and where we see this this thing the pandemic going kind of thing right because i think that what, what does that look like to you like planning you mean just financially like holding more money aside or, or what not necessarily planning i just mean from a communications to the public standpoint oh, okay i see and like if you're saying like it's like let's use your gym as an example it's like oh yeah you can come in okay no wait you can't 
oh wait, like we think, I think that the, the stop and starting mentality is like what's tripping a lot of businesses up. And I don't, yeah, I'll, yeah. I don't know all of the answers and maybe I'm oversimplifying it. And for any business owner listening to this right now, they probably want to shoot me for even saying um, what I just said, but I, I understand that it's really, really tricky to navigate and I'm not trying to simplify it at all. But I think if you have proper planning in place to be able to say, okay, we know we have all of our like in-store or, um, you know, in-facility signage that can go up at any point. You kind of have to develop like, um, you know, ads or, you know, creative that can speak appropriately for if we go into lockdown phase two, this is what we're going to play. If we are open, this is what we're going to play. Like you kind of have to map out each scenario properly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then be able to adapt accordingly. Like it's it's tricky. And like I was saying, the stop and start, stop start is is ultimately hurting us longer in the um in the long run than the short term. But like we just need to figure that. I think and by we I mean businesses need to figure out how they can properly adapt. But unfortunately for a lot of them, they're probably focused on trying to stay keep their head above water. Yeah, because like if you think about when we were able to go for patios kind of early fall, um, a lot of businesses were buying, you know, heaters for outside so that they could accommodate for for more guests. Um, And then now it's like, okay, but this is shut down for basically most of December. So it's like, did you buy the heaters for nothing? Did they, you know, are you going to get reimbursed for that? Or, you know, what's the plan? What's the plan there? Because... A lot of people were starting to build infrastructure. The weirdest thing ever was this whole outside inside concept where, (laughs) you know, you're basically creating walls outside of the patio and it's like, is that not indoors? But legally that was still considered a patio. I'm just like, this, this is a joke at this point. That's like, guys, you're, you're investing your time and your money in the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah. Cause now things are shut down again. So it's like your outside inside is now (laughs) not available. You know, there's nothing really that you can do about it. I don't know. It's tricky. It's a really tough question, but Jess, thank you for, for asking. Um, And of course, for those who want to contribute um, and want us to hear us talk about a topic on the next episode or the coming episodes, obviously just hit us up on Instagram and we can figure something out. But that was episode 23. What an episode. That was a lot of episode. We covered a lot. I think I, you know, if I ever saw Mark Zuckerberg after this one, you know, we're getting in a fight because there's too many things being added to the platform. Twitter, come on, now. Like, slow down, man. Chill, chill out a bit. Chill. But uh, that was episode 23. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for some more great content. Peace.